Hey everyone, we are joined here today with filmmaker Mickey Keating. Um, you might know Mickey from films like Darling, Psychopaths, and Pod, um, but he's currently here to chat with us about his new release, which is called Off Season, which stars Jocelyn Donahue and Joe Swanberg. So, Mickey, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm going to jump into some questions real quick. I just want to start off by saying I'm a big fan of your show, The Core, oh, which cool. is now streaming on Shudder for everyone that hasn't checked it out yet. If you haven't, go check it out now. How did you get involved in that project? And Will we ever see a new season? Um, well, uh, so I got involved with it just through a general meeting. I met the guys at Up Rocks who were talking to uh, Shudder about doing a show. And I guess they had seen some interviews that I had done. And I was like, I went and I met with them. I was like, yeah, I want to get covered in blood every episode. And I, you know, I want to be the, the the test, you know, for all of these different, you know, crazy Stunts. So they were like, great, I guess no one else uh, <laughs> suggested that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a blast. As far as uh, a second season, I don't think so, unless okay. everyone just like endlessly harasses Shudder. Then <laughs> <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> Definitely need to get that going. I, so, I think so. I had a fun yeah. time doing it. You know, we wanted uh, bigger, you know, different guests and, and bigger set pieces. But, uh, you know, you can always dream. I'm not going anywhere. I'd be happy to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, with you being the filmmaker, what are some of your favorite films that got you into horror and inspired you to create your own films? Um, so I think, you know, the big ones for me, like if I have like a top three, probably it's like Rosemary's Baby for sure. Uh, the Blair Witch Project. Um, and then, you know, I don't really consider it's not really like considered like a traditional horror movie, but I think Taxi Driver is very horrific. And I saw that yeah. when I was like 11 years old and it was way too young. <laughs> yep. so, uh, that kind of inspired me. But, you know, also the the original John Carpenter's original Halloween, I think, is just perfect yeah. so um those are kind of like the big four okay, okay. good picks <laughs> all right so um we start this playlist which we we feature some of our guests favorite songs could you share two songs that made an impact in your life and in your career to add to the list oh boy um of just any songs in in general yeah just anything <laughs> uh can we use the song that's in off season uh turn around look at me by the vogues there we go. I think that would be pretty great. And then uh, let's see. Um, oh, God. Jesus, I'm so I'm usually so good at this. Uh, <laughs> let's do Fool for a Blonde by Roger Bartlett, which is in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, which I also use in my first film. <laughs> All right. That's, That's awesome. Good <laughs> yeah. Nice job on the fly with that, man. I'm impressed. Yeah. Very good. Uh, hit movies, you know, <laughs> or hit songs. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, you know, you have this very unique um, style with your filmmaking. It's actually so unique that if you um, look you up on Wikipedia, it actually says your style um, and certain themes. Yeah, it, really interesting. Um, so, oh. <laughs> I, and I get I, just so like a couple of the things they point out is kind of like your use of like the inter uh, titles and 
um, just different approaches. So I want to kind of ask, like, where did you develop your techniques and how exactly would you describe a Mickey Keating film? Um, that's so funny. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, it's like I am first and foremost just a, a film fan. And, you know, beyond that, like, I love every kind of genre. And so I think, you know, I, I was really fascinated um, these kind of like stylistic in your face, kind of abrupt things go, kind of to me, go back to like French new wave and Godard. And um, even the way that like Scorsese and Thelma Schoonmaker just cut little moments in their movies. Like a particular one is like after hours when he is looking through the book and about burn victims. And it's just rapid cuts of like every single frame is a different close up of a burn uh, on a skin. And um, so like little moments like that, I think, really kind of inspired me. And I guess if I, if I could describe my own movies, uh, they would be things that you very familiar kind of genre tropes kind of told in a completely left of center way. <laughs> so you think you might know what you're getting going into one of my films and then you end up being very surprised or completely infuriated. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that sums it up. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I had a big question about off season. Uh, attached to that the cinematography in this film was outstanding the use of camera shots and angles was pretty good uh and that atmosphere of just encompassing creepiness really got encapsulated Thank you. and i i just wanted to know so the big thing was the the people just standing with the eyes and i was like i was like what the and it was uh Man, and it, it kind of happened a couple of times, and I was like, wow, that really, really freaks me out. So I just want to, the big question is, how did you come up with that specifically, and how did you really encompass the darkness on that island? Uh, well, first, thank you. Um, that's, uh, I, I, that's a huge compliment. Um, you know, I think, I think the uncanny nature of crowds kind of standing still has always really unsettled me, and it goes back to um, uh, the Twilight Zone, the episode particularly uh, called Elegy, where the astronauts land on that in that small town and everybody's frozen is just so incredibly bizarre. And then also um, the idea of just being watched by a crowd. Uh, Antonioni's Red Desert is like a huge stylistic reference for this film. And there's just beautiful shots of Monica Vitti walking through the fog and just being watched by these very still people. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. And then, um, yeah, you know, we really took the effort to uh, to really plan the shoot of the film so that we could shoot as much of it at dusk as possible. So mathematically, you know, we arranged the schedule and the storyboards to fit that, which is a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> and um, But I think at the end of the day, you know, we were also really helped too by Florida. Um, the time we shot, you know, for whatever reason, it was overcast every day, which is like when you write that into a script, you're destined for blue skies and sunshine. Um, so we definitely got very lucky because most of that overcast is, if not all of it, is practical, which is wow. crazy. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. Uh, I, I just want to throw in a quick question then. How, what was the shooting schedule like it, it, if you had specific times of day to shoot? Uh, so yeah, though I really pre-play, I storyboarded the entire film. I actually have a cut of the movie of just my drawings. And basically what we did was me and my, my cinematographer, Mac, we broke the, every shot that we knew was going to be at the specific time of day. And every single day we would arrange that a particular shot, uh, to run over and get it at, at you know, at magic hour at dusk. Um, so we really kind of piecemealed, 
uh, the movie together in that way. So like the first, you know, the, when, when I sent the drives back to my editor, it was like little tiny bits of scenes, you know, scattered throughout the entire production. It was really uh, chaotic. <laughs> you think you'll yeah, end up uh, releasing a graphic novel with your storyboard? Oh, God, mine aren't that good. Mine aren't like bones <laughs> or anything, you know, they're, uh, they're way more like uh, scratchy, but um. I was talking to RLJ about that, uh, you know, having that be a Blu-ray extra, but ultimately I was just like, this is kind of disappointing for everybody. I'm not that great of an artist. <laughs> Have you seen The Walking Dead? The comic book, the artwork was stick figure-esque. Oh yeah. I mean, well, maybe, maybe, you could, maybe I'll put it out for free so everyone can see something like that. Um, so I don't, so we're from Rhode Island, um, and in, in your film off season, there's actually a shout out to Rhode Island because they reference Block Island. Uh -huh. Um, so I caught that really quick. And when, so the film basically is, you know, it's about this island that, uh, this girl and her boyfriend, or there have some, some relationship there. Right. Um, they're going, the island's supposed to be closed, but she begs to go on because she's been basically like asked to go on the island. Um, so it's basically literally an off season of a touristy island. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was like, when I caught that reference and watching the movie, I was like, you know, I, I could actually picture this actually taking place on Block Island as well, or any of those like really tourist heavy islands that just go like really bare after the tourist season is done. Um, I visited Block Island out of season and it's like a ghost town. There's yeah. like the locals that live there. There's some, you know, people that like sailors and come in and stuff like that. But it reminded me a lot of like what you created here. That's um, funny. Yeah. I, and I've actually been to Block Island too, right? You know, during the off season and it's very, very creepy. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's something inherently just bizarre about places where that depend on tourists that are just like, ghostly and empty um so I, i'm glad that you caught on to that and you know and and uh and it's it's just like a great fun setting and i liked the block island sound too i thought that was a pretty fun movie oh uh yeah yep that that definitely um i was also gonna mention though there's also like the lovecraftian part of this which i'm not gonna say right now because it's obviously a movie we want people to see but there's a little lovecraftian theme going on here which is also another rhode island thing so this was a really we're, we're claiming this movie is what I'm saying. This is right. a Rhode Island movie now. <laughs> <laughs> Two of my uh, close friends are, are filmmakers from Rhode Island, uh, Joe Begas and Josh Ethier. So uh, okay. you know, their influence, you know, you know, definitely the Rhode Islandness is strong. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Um, so where did this idea about the offseason um, come from uh, as far as like creating this film and everything? Um, you know, from because I grew up in Florida <clears throat> and, you know, a lot of times when we would skip school or whatever, it was an hour or so to the beach. And so there would be some times where we would go like during December or January and end up in these like <clears throat> these strange little towns where the beach was just completely empty. And I think what's so interesting and what I really wanted to do was kind of address just like decaying Americana. And I think there's nothing better than that than like you know, Florida has so much Disney and Disney knockoffs that you see all these kind of like rip off tourist traps everywhere um, that have all died or, you know, are, are very ghostly. So I was like, that, that would be a great uh, place to kind of build a, a creepy story. And not only that, the kind of juxtaposition of a town that depends on tourists, but they also hate outsiders, I think is very um, just, uh, it's, it's a great kind of 
uh, subject to explore. So yeah, that's kind of where it built out. And then, you know, my desire to really make something that was like dreamy and surreal and, um, more along the lines of like, you know, one of those uh, old stories that you would read in some old book, you know, that was written back in the early 1900s. That's just like, oh, weird, ghostly thing that happened in the South. <laughs> so those were kind of like all the jumping off points for him. Yeah. Um, the other like part of this film that really stood out to me is the cast. So, I mean, you have Jocelyn Donahue, who listeners will know from House of the Devil, uh, Joe Swanberg, who our listeners will know because I've literally talked about him every episode. Uh, <laughs> huge Joe Swanberg fan. Um, but then you have uh, Melora Walters and Richard Brake, who I have to tell you, the final scene with him was like one of the most impactful scenes. I feel like he was just on another level with his acting in this one. Um, so I just was curious what it was like working with such a talented group of actors. Uh, I, you know, I think the thing that, that I really love is, and I think Richard's incredible and, and, uh, you know, that's, I met him, um, at Sundance when they had 31 play and I was just like, dude, like that is neck, that opening scene is next level. Um, so really, I mean, what's so great is just being able to sit back and kind of watch. I don't really, you know, I don't like audition actors or anything like that. I've seen their work and you kind of know, like you're in good hands. So, Really, it's just it was just a blast, and and Swanberg is just you know I love him, and he's he always, he brings his own rhythm to the to the equation, and you know they were really great because when we shot it was like ninety degrees and ninety percent humidity one day, and everyone was getting eaten alive by mosquitoes, and then it was like thirty degrees and thirty mile an hour winds the next day, and it was constantly raining, but everyone was just so sweet. Um, so, yeah, I knew from the very beginning, it's like Robert Altman kind of says, like, casting is 80 percent of a director's job. And that is 100 percent true on this one. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so it's funny when you were talking about Florida. I used to live in Florida uh, when I was a kid and we had the same mentality where we lived. We loved taking tourist money, but we did not like the tourists next to us. Right. Sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you get that living in Florida? Like, is that just a Florida thing? Oh, for sure. Whereabouts in Florida are you from? Where, where did you live? Uh, I lived in, a, a, like, a little subsection of Kissimmee. Oh, cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like every summer, you know, because I lived right near uh, Universal and Disney, and it was just chaos. You know, it's like all of a sudden there's just, like, a million people there, and you're like, all right, it's time for them to leave. <laughs> so maybe it's maybe maybe there's something in you know in my psyche that I'm just like, I hate tourists. <laughs> well, you know, it we're, we're we're claiming this as a Rhode Island movie, not a Florida movie. So yeah, right. <laughs> say about that. Um, I would like to get. I found this interesting. The name of the bar was the Sand Trap, mm -hmm. and that is also the LLC Sand Trap. LLC. And I'm curious, uh, I had to heard that name somewhere else in another horror movie. And is there a significance behind the name, the sand trap? Um, not, not in like a, an homage or reference way. Um, more just, just kind of the ominous nature of like, of, you know, it's, I guess a sand trap is inherently, I guess in golf, you know, is, is kind of inherently a bad thing. Um, so it was kind of a little bit of a, just a wink and a nod to be like, uh, there's, there's danger afoot. And then <clears throat> with the LLC, I think we were just 
fucking around and, and trying to figure out what we were going to call, the, you know, the company that was that named it. So that's what we landed on because it's short. <laughs> um, so really, uh, 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 that's kind of the short the shorter answer is no, it's not a reference to anything particularly. And if it is uh, coincidence, purely accidental. I love yes. It. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I kind of want to throw out an older film of yours because uh, I'm actually I've seen a lot of your work. I'm a, I'm a fan. I really liked Carnage Park. Cool. And I thought Carnage Park was great. And uh, there was actually two questions there. Uh, number one, where did you come up with the idea for Carnage Park? Because it was really graphic. And number <laughs> two, uh, the main character, Ashley Bell, she was incredible. Uh, and she's been in a couple of your films. So how was it working with her? And you plan on working with her in the future? Uh, so it's a three part question. I'm sorry. Oh, no, yeah. A hundred percent. I love, I, I think Ashley is brilliant and, um, and I will, I'm writing something for her right now. So, uh, yes. Uh, uh, so I came up with Carnage Park because, you know, I really just wanted to do one of those, like, you know, like a mean seventies movie that was really, you know, it's like so many seventies horror movies is like so much buildup and then like 20 minutes of action. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, we're going to do this as an entire kind of like, non-stop uh uh set piece in a way and and it was definitely an effort to kind of make you know a grindhousey uh, also reference to like peter watkins punishment park which i think is fucking brilliant um uh, he's just one of the most brilliant filmmakers of all time um and yeah just to see if we could push the envelope and 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 make something that was very very brutal and also the other movie i guess is peter bogdanovich's targets because that's just another another great one. And, uh, and I always said to Pat Healy, I was like, you could end up like the character in targets where you just climb up to, you know, uh, a billboard and start sniping people on the highway. So, <laughs> so it was, those kind of like, uh, two references that really, uh, uh, were the jump. But then everyone says like reservoir dogs. And yeah, I guess there's like some blatant, you know, moments that are reservoir dogs. And, you know, I just, it's just cause I love Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> There was, you know what? I got uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre out of it with the brothers and in the desert and stuff. I was like, oh, my God. So for sure. I mean, I adore Texas Chainsaw, uh, too. And and uh, and the Hills Have Eyes, like as particularly it's like I love Alex Aja as a director. And to me, the Hills Have Eyes remake is incredible. I was actually just reading the script today for some reason. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was kind of like all, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, effort as a love letter to those kind of movies for sure i'll take that <laughs> um so uh another one of your older films uh was darling and i i kind of felt like that film had some parallels to this film um and particularly with like you know the style like i was talking about those intertitles a female protagonist who seemingly like is going for this ride, but by the end of the film makes a strong, some strong choice that might not be what the viewer is expecting. Mm -hmm. um, but in um, Darling, you had Lauren Ashley Carter uh, who worked with you, with you on this film and then also another film pod. Mm -hmm. And she's like hypnotizing. Her eyes are just like, you know, you, you're in a trance when you look at her um, and it fits your style so well. And I didn't actually think of this until you mentioned Godard earlier. I kind of see like that influence of like breathless and in, in the female protagonist um, in Darling a little bit. So that made a lot of sense to me when you said that. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, and I think she definitely has Lauren for sure in, uh, in darling looks, you know, uh, we have a dress that's basically, uh, what Anna Karina wears in Alphaville. And so, um, you know, that was a hundred percent my leaning into that kind of thing. And, and, and it's, it's great that you brought that up because I definitely see off season as a kind of sibling film to darling, especially in the way that it's broken into chapters and, and it, you know, the kind of more Gothic, tragic elements to it and and not being quite sure what is real and what's you know kind of dreamy you know dreamlike and um so yeah it was definitely super fun to do something like that but on a much on a much 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 bigger scale i think the uh, i think oh yeah off season costs like you know like 20 times what darling cost or something like that <laughs> yeah for sure and it's like darling's kind of like I won't necessarily say it's claustrophobic, but it's very much in like takes place mostly in one setting, except for the bar scene, obviously. And this one, she's got a whole like a whole landscape to right. kind of traverse. And that that actually plays a big part in this movie. It's like she's literally running around for quite a while, as opposed yeah. to in Darling, where she's like in her own little world, you know? For sure. And, you know, it's so funny. I watched, like, Licorice Pizza, and I was like, wow, mm. those characters are running a lot. <laughs> I could have <laughs> made Jocelyn run even more. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you think you'll you'll team up with uh, Lauren Ashley Carter again? Well, you know, I definitely want to work with all of the actors that I've worked with again, and it really is just what I'm, I think my duty as a director is to write things that are, you know, I would never want to make another Darling with Lauren, if that makes sense. In the same way, I would never want to make another uh, uh, Vivian with Ashley Bell. So it really would be a great effort to, you know, I my dream is to have the Altman-esque ensemble with like 40 of my actors who have been in all my films. So it would be, it would be absolutely wonderful. Um, and I'd love to see, you know, I'd love to see her in a bunch more movies because I think Lauren is an incredibly talented actor. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Let's make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, and all, I just also like just kind of looking at some of your older films, you know, just to give our viewers a sense, our listeners a sense of who you are and kind of the progression of uh, films up to off season. I also want to bring up Psychopaths, which is probably your most up to date um, aside from off season. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely different mm -hmm. than these films we're talking about. So do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Like what kind of influenced you to make that kind of film? Yeah. Well, you know, it definitely, it's so funny because uh, I, I wanted that movie to just be completely feverish, you know, and, and not, and make a film that was not narrative driven and was totally more of an emotional kind of like trip and, and energy and a vibe. And, and I think, when it came out, I think people definitely did not want that kind of movie. <laughs> and, and we definitely got totally wrecked in the reviews, which is fine because, you know, I, I guess it was a learning lesson that, you know, uh, if you ask an audience to go on this vibe like ride with you, you know, they want to be rewarded by not having a completely nihilistic ending, uh, which is is fine and great. But, uh, you know, I, it was a total trip to make. We shot it literally two weeks after we premiered Carnage Park. So uh, it was that whole section of my life was just like complete chaos. But uh, I love Psychopaths. I hope more people check Psychopaths out. It's definitely I, I feel like what we what I failed in doing was advertising it as it's not something it's not a slasher film that you're going to get a story out of. It's a total trip. <laughs> and so I wish that that had been more forefront in the advertising and everything. Um, but yeah, I would definitely, I would encourage anyone to check it out. If you like it, I 
I'm great. If you don't like it, I have a bunch of other movies. <laughs> I try, I'm trying to remember how you um, said it earlier when we asked you about um, what, how you would describe your own kind of movies. And you had said something about the viewer might not get what they want at the end or something like that. Like yeah. I, that, that sums it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and that's, that's the fun thing. Cause I, you know, I'm obsessed. Like I think Harmony Corinne, like Gummo it, while it's like such a dirty feeling movie is like that kind of just, energy is something so thrilling and so that was uh certainly the effort and um you know maybe one day i'll i'll make something like that again uh or maybe not we'll see (laughs) (laughs) what's it been like uh kind of having off season um you know it's going to be coming out on shutter uh March 11th, I believe, is the, is the date, correct? It, it comes out in theaters and on VOD through RLJE on March 11th, and then it, it will come out uh, a little down the line on Shutter. Oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah. So what's this whole process been like, kind of gearing up for its release and talking to people about it? It's great. It's funny because, I mean, you know, we shot this movie, we premiered the movie a year ago, so it really has been like this real slow build to uh, to the release. You know, obviously I'm like a little bit bummed that we're not, that that I'm sure most people aren't going to see it in a theater just due to the times. Right. Um, Because this really was the effort to shoot like a theatrical big movie. Um, But I totally get it. And I understand. Um, And so I'm just really excited for people to see it because, you know, uh, Shudder and and RLJ do a great job of getting the movie out there and getting eyes on their films. Um, so I, you know, the only thing I can definitely encourage people is like, it, please watch it as loud as you can <laughs> and, you know, don't watch it during the day or anything like that. Um, but you know, that's just the world that we live in. And so I, you know, I had a conversation with this with another filmmaker, uh, the other day where it's like, if these movies came out 15 years ago and the pandemic happened 15 years ago, they might not have a release. People might not know how to get them besides on a DVD or something. So I'm very, very thankful that that we're in this time period right now, as opposed to uh, earlier on. And I agree. Watch this with the low lights off. Not during yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, what do you have next planned for um for your upcoming projects? Do you have anything new? I do. So I'm I'm uh, I, I took a you know it's like this this one was probably three and a half years since Psychopath. So I'm definitely going to have a, m- more movies quicker. Uh, you know, it was kind of just the effort. I did the core, and so that was like a fun time to just really rewire my brain and just be like, you know, approach horror films as like, you know, a fan again, instead of like being in the, the, you know, the trenches of making a movie. Um, and so I'm, I have a couple other projects that with Joe Swanberg that are very, very exciting. And then uh, hopefully another big horror movie, but you know, it's all contingent on, uh, on whether we can do it within COVID, you know, practicality, which is always a nightmare, but allegedly the the uh the pandemic is coming to an end so uh yeah. so oh, let's boy. <laughs> well it's i'm gonna get there. all my friends together i'm gonna <laughs> demand a season two of the core so wait <laughs> rally them yes let's do it I, I think it would be super fun you know we we know how it how it's gonna work now and so we can get big set yep. pieces i i said i wanted you know if we did a a second season i wanted a temple of doom style set piece where i get my heart ripped out and i wanted to get hit by a car that was those were, those were my two uh requests life goals on life goals yeah absolutely all right so everybody definitely make sure you keep an eye on uh out for off season 
Uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy this. Watch it with the lights off. Get ready to uh, go for quite the ride. And Mickey, thank you so much for joining us, man. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. You guys are awesome. Let's do it again sometime. You're always welcome, man. Uh, So everybody, uh, thanks for listening and have a great night. to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Game over. You lose.